does good forever guys hit the follow subscribe button share this with someone who would benefit from it and help us grow as the more we grow the better the episodes we'll get thanks guys for helping us and let's get into the episode welcome back to this episode of the sculptor podcast again i am sick but what can i do as i said last time today it is a weird one because I've never done an episode like this. This is almost a reaction part video, but why Usain Bolt failed as a footballer? Now, if you know anything about Usain Bolt's football career, you know that his biggest opportunity came in the Central Coast, which is where I'm from, to where, I'm, where I am right now. And I was listening to this video last night, and it made me realize a few things of which I wanted to go over in this episode. So... As weird as it may sound that I'm going over why Usain Bolt failed as a footballer, I actually want to explain my opinion on it. And I think it makes sense. Of course I think it makes sense. I wouldn't be making it. But let's go straight into it. Usain Bolt is considered as one of, if not the fastest man alive. And his accomplishments as an Olympic runner is known by people worldwide. Another thing that was well known by people was Usain Bolt's affinity for football. With him constantly talking about how he loved football and Manchester United on social media and interviews. And him watching Manchester United in particular encouraged him to try his luck as a professional footballer. Because he would flat out say, I thought that if some players, I'm not going to name names, you know them, if they can't play football, I can probably do it too. Now, I don't know for sure what Manchester United players he was talking about at the time. Okay. Straight up, I've had that same thought. I've had people tell me that same thing when they're 13. I remember when I was very young, my friend told me, like, this is like when I just started playing football. He was like, I reckon I could play in the championship. Like, and he's saying right now. And I remember thinking, oh yeah, probably. Then one year later, when I started playing at a good level, I immediately knew that was not true. And the higher and higher I go, I realize how hard it is and how high the level is truly above the level of which you are right now. It's ridiculous. It looks easy. They are making things that look easy. And when you see them do something that's maybe they're stuffing up. Now, you could also do that. Don't get me wrong. So saying, you know, I don't need them to do a bad job. I can do a bad job for them. That's valid. But the 99% when they aren't doing that, okay, that's obviously why they're professional and why you're not there. Now, there's obviously going to be many more reasons why you're not there and they aren't, right? If you've never played the sport in your life and you're saying you can do a better job than Maguire, I mean, firstly, I've got a weird opinion on Maguire because I don't watch football. So... I don't know much about him, but from everything that I've seen, I think he's good. And now I always come from an a, a opinion of which is very neutral. So I, I see all the, the hatred towards him and things like that. And I completely forget about it when I look at someone, or at least I try to. But when people, if I was to go look at a rugby player and say, oh, I reckon I could do their job. That would be completely ignorant of me to, to say that if I've never played it before. It, I could say, okay, maybe I've got certain skills of which may help me be good at it. 
or if I practice, become better at it. But doing something that you've never done before, being good at it or better than someone who's been doing it for even one year, it would be ignorant to say. It's just, that's just a fact. Now, if you were good at that thing, then your ignorance proves you right, I guess, to a degree. But it was still ignorant for you to think that you could do that. Because who are you to do that? You've never done that before. It, unless you were genetically dispossessed in a way that it was able to help you get to where that stature is, then that's very difficult to actually do. Um, or you had been doing something in another sport. Just like if I was to go from being a goalkeeper in football to a goalkeeper in like... I think that Gaelic football goalkeeping is probably like the most similar. If I was to go from there to there, now I would have no clue about any of the rules in Gaelic football, the tempo, all of that, how to actually play the game. I'd be shocking. But the fundamental skills of goalkeeping I'd have, if not, I would be better than at, potentially. Because it's we're talking about goalkeeping. But Gaelic football isn't just a goalkeeping thing. Otherwise, it'd be a whole goalkeeping sport at that point, which... um could honestly be a thing goalkeeping is not really it's football but it's different it's it's different from football anyways but i think this quote showed a bit of delusion from both because no matter how bad those players look like playing in the premier league or whatnot they are still professional footballers at the end of the day who dedicated years playing football to reach the stage of playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world in manchester united while bolt never even played football at any professional level even if he could outpace every player on the pitch, it wouldn't make him automatically qualified to play football. Because football is a lot more nuanced than just outrunning a competition in a straight line race. But regardless, Bolt would get a chance to show off his footballing skills after he retired from his track career in 2017 at a relatively young age of 30, as he would visit South African side Memlody Sundowns training ground to train with the team in the beginning of 2018. Now, this visit would be more of a media spectacle rather than an actual serious training or a trial for Bolt, as he would only do very basic footballing drills and just in general just seemed like a regular celebrity appearance at a football team's training. And after the training, Usain Bolt would finish his visit off with the interview claiming he was very serious about football, and that would be the end of his South African stint until he would post a Twitter video announcing he signed for a football team shortly after his visit. Now, this would obviously lead fans to connect the dots together and make the assumption that Bolt would sign for the Memlody Sundowns as he had just come off his visit, and it wouldn't help that the Sundowns would post this tweet fueling more fans to speculate that he joined the club. However, it would soon be revealed in a tweet that this announcement was all just a publicity stunt to announce his spot in the Soccer Aid charity game that was happening later that year, and not him actually joining a football team. Nonetheless, Usain Bolt would get a more serious chance at professional football just a month after this announcement, as he would get a chance to train with the Dortmund's first team with his strong connection with Puma CEO and Dortmund board member Bjorn Golden helping him earn the opportunity. And this would be a great opportunity for Bolt as he would be able to train with top tier players and he would see if he truly has the talent to reach his dream and play for Manchester United, with Dortmund coaches promising they would give an honest assessment after the training. In the training, Bolt would play 11 on 11 and he even scored a header in the match. And after the training, Bolt himself would give himself a solid 7 out of 10 on his performance in the training. And while Bolt would give himself a pretty good rating, Dortmund coaches thought otherwise about his performance. Because Dortmund manager Peter Stoger would be brutally honest and say he still had a lot of work to do to reach the highest level. And unfortunately at his age, 
there isn't much room for improvement. After this, Bolt's footballing journey would take a trip up north as he would join a Norwegian team called Storms Godset for training with the help of his Puma connection. It's honestly, it would have been so bad to actually watch him play and to train with him. I, I know what it would, I would know what it's like in a football team. It would have literally been everyone basically just looking at him and laughing. And, and if it wasn't explicitly that because they had some respect for him, it would be as soon as he leaves the dressing room, they're not saying good things about him. Maybe he's a nice guy. Maybe he's, you know, kind to everyone. But football-wise, firstly, he's a little bit... Um... Okay, no, he's not a little bit. He's very delusional. But I'll go over that. I'll go over why this delusion is the bad delusion. Also, he's got a lot of ego, which ties in with the delusion. Because to a degree, his ego can give him delusion. But he's getting delusion from exterior motives. But I'll go into that again. He would have been a laughing stock. And as I said, I know what football's like. As soon as he would have left that change room, and let's say he's the first one out, because he probably would be, he's that type of guy. But, actually I can't say that, I don't know him, but he, he would have been sticking out like a sore thumb. If you watch footballers play, you know they're footballers for a few reasons. The way they look, the way they move, and the way they act. Usain Bolt's got none of it. He's fast, but that doesn't mean he's faster than football. He would have stuck out like a sore thumb, and him saying that he was a 7 out of 10, that's honestly possible, but that's his rating of his knowledge of football. So that's also a delusional score, but I don't have a problem with that. He also, it's it's not unlikely, like you can get away with one training session and looking decent. If you just have good movement, if you have all these different things, you can get away with that. But, and and maybe he did, I don't, I haven't watched the training session. I think I've watched the highlights from that um training video with Dortmund, but not highlights, but like a few good things here and there. I think they posted like a 10 minute one on their YouTube once. But essentially all I'm trying to say is that you can fake it a little bit, one session, especially when you've got good players around you. You can probably get away with it. When the ball's coming straight to your head and they've done all the work for you, then you score a good goal, good job you. But it's not that crazy. Anyways. Yet again, as Throm's Godset was sponsored by Puma. This stint would also see Bolt take another step up in his quest to play professional football, as he would get to play in an actual match this time, with him getting a chance to play in a friendly match against the Norwegian under-19 team. He came on as a substitute in this game, laid into the game with 20 minutes left, and this game would end up as a bit of a disaster for Bolt, as he looked completely out of place in this match, with him getting easily dispossessed against a Norwegian under-19 competition, and he missed the team's best chance that game with a header that went wide, with the game ending in a 1-0 loss for Storm's Godset. While this performance didn't turn out as hoped for Usain Bolt, he wouldn't have much time to dwell on it because just 5 days after this match, he played in another match, this time in the Soccer 8 Celebrity Charity match for the World Eleven team. In the match, Usain Bolt would use his pace to get some great chances to score, but he wouldn't be able to convert any of them until he scored his team's first penalty in the penalty shootout that would see England close the game out 4-3. And after this game, Usain Bolt would stay teamless until a brand new opportunity would pop up, this time in Australia. The Australian Football League was a league that was in desperate need of promotion. To be fair to him, he doesn't actually look horrible when he kicks a ball. 
I don't want to make this a football podcast or a football episode specifically. But to be fair, like if you watch an American kicking a football for the first time, or let's say most Americans, you can tell they're American. They're as stiff as a brick. Like they're just rigid. He's at least smooth when he kicks the ball. He doesn't do this weird little jump like his free kickers or anything. But also, if you know that reference, that's kind of funny. Where every kid and their mum, when they watched free kickers, they did this little jump thing. I still know kids who do that, but he doesn't do that to be fair to him. Star power. But since they can't attract any traditional football stars to their league, they would have to think outside the box. And ultimately, it would be the Australian football agent Tony Rallis who came up with the idea to bring Usain Bolt to the A-League. And he would work to make this happen by reaching out to Usain Bolt management about the idea of A-League and soon they would work together to find a team. Eventually, the Central Coast Mariners would step up to the plate and offer Usain Bolt a trial, which would form a symbiotic relationship between the two parties, with Usain Bolt being able to play in a league and team that would take him serious, and the A-League and Mariners would bring in a star that would draw thousands of eyes to their league and team. After signing with the Mariners, Usain Bolt would soon make his debut in a friendly match against the Central Coast Select team. For context as well, I was at that game and that photo, I think I was probably just where that cameraman was when he was taking it. As he came on as a substitute with 19 minutes left in the game. And in this match, Bolt wouldn't fare too well because he looked very clumsy and seemed like he lacked... Yeah, I mean, he's literally scooping the ball out with his feet there. Like, that's just ridiculous. Like... Not even making contact with it, he's literally just scooping it out like it's ice cream. Very basic ball control and dribbling skills to succeed as a professional. And not only that, his touch seemed like it was very all over the place. But one of the most crucial skills that he seemed like he was lacking was his positioning or lack thereof. Because it seemed like he was always just a step or two off of where he should be in the football pitch. Regardless, Usain Bolt would get more than 20 minutes to prove his worth his next game because he would start in a match against MacArthur Southwest United. A team made up of players from the MacArthur region just for this match. And in this 90 minutes showing, he looked better than he did last match because he would score two goals in this match. One of them being a nice left footed strike with a defender on him. And the second being a tap in from a defensive blunder where the defender took out. Not bad. Not bad. I think if you look at that finish, he actually hit it pretty well. Um, oh, I'm making this a football podcast now, but goalkeeper. Scoop. But anyways a tap-in from a defensive blunder where the defender took out the goalkeeper. And while this match would still see red flags from Usain... That one was the old, don't have a, don't have a right foot, I'll go with the left foot. That was bad. That was noticed in his first game, with it being clear he still had a decent way to go to become a professional. His two-goal performance still drew in a decent amount of hype. This hype would eventually culminate in Usain Bolt receiving an offer to join the Maltese club called Valletta, who had recently been taken over by UAE investors that promised to invest to raise the stature of the club. And while this would be a chance for Usain Bolt to finally become a full-fledged full-time professional footballer, he would turn this opportunity down because the club wasn't willing to offer what Usain Bolt was looking for in terms of salary. So after this, he would stay with the Central Coast Mariners and would soon start negotiating for a contract to become a full-time member of the squad. And eventually, he would receive a contract to join the team, but this news wouldn't be well received by everybody. When the news broke out Usain Bolt received the offer to join the team, Perth Glory forward Andy Kyo made a scathing comment 
saying Bolt had a touch of a trampoline and that he wouldn't be able to make it in the AFL with it being a kick in the teeth to professionals if Bolt joined the club. Not only Kyo but also Brisbane Roar striker Adam Taggart would say that he would rather a young player who worked their whole life to attempt to become a professional footballer get a spot on the team rather than Bolt who just started training for football a year ago. It's a tough one actually. I don't know if I... I, I do like what Andy Kerr and Adam Taggart had to say because it's, it's true. One, Usain Bolt did have the touch of a trampoline. I'd also have to say in a touch of something else. But, um, wow, that's outrageous. And then Adam Taggart saying he'd much rather a youth player get that. And I completely agree. Like, if that was... If Usain Bolt took my contract, fuming. Uh, but what I guess you could also say, and again, this is kind of becoming a football episode here, but... Maybe that type of attention would bring in more youth contracts in the future because they've got more money. But anyways, it's another football episode. Nevertheless, the negotiations would continue, but ultimately the talks would break down, with both sides being far off in what they wanted, as Mariners would only offer $150,000 contract for a year. But That's a pretty good contract in Australia. Bolt would want 20 times that amount and $3 million a year. After the talks broke down, Usain Bolt would leave the club. And right after leaving the club, he would make an honest admission saying, playing professionally in Australia was a bit harder than he expected. And after leaving the club, his pursuit of becoming a professional footballer will ultimately end. And that would be the end of that. And nobody could really fault Bolt for attempting to chase his dream because at the end of the day, it seemed like Bolt was well aware of his shortcomings as a footballer and bowed out of the game gracefully. But Bolt's footballing saga would get revived just a year after Bolt's retirement from football as he would say he didn't get a fair chance in football in an interview and later would also say this about his time in playing for the Central Coast Mariners in Australia. You got any uh, trials on the... Because I know you've been training. No, I did, I did it for a while, but um, I think I made a mistake at the start. When I, when I retired from track and field, I was like, you know what, let's go into football. I didn't want to stay in Europe because yeah. I understood that the media was going to be all over it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I went to Australia. But the level in Australia wasn't good, you know what I mean? I should have stayed in Europe, so... Okay. That's just complete ignorance. That's delusion, and that's just the inability to self-reflect. He said, firstly, the media is the problem for him not succeeding in Europe. Now, I don't think he literally means that. I, th I don't think that he's able to articulate what he's thinking here completely. But maybe it's, okay, if he was to go to a lower league team in Europe, work his way up, maybe that's more feasible. But I also don't think that he's going to get, because that happened in Australia as well. Essentially, like let's say if he was to go to the fourth division in Germany through um, Borussia Dortmund's second team when they would have been in the, in the fourth division, now they're in the third for him to work his way up potentially but he's still going to get media attention so i guess that's true but is it a hindrance i don't think so now an excuse so i don't know if it's a valid excuse but he's using it as one and then saying that the level of australian football isn't great now that's also valid but it's is essentially using australian football to put him above that as if I'm not going to stoop to that level because I'm better than that. 
that's essentially what he's doing there. Now, to a degree in my career, I've had to do that. I've had to say, no, I, I left Australian football. You know, I'm too good for Australia. I never said explicitly I was too good for Australian football, but me leaving Australia makes me look like I have that same attitude where, I, oh, no, I'm too good for Australian football. I'm, I'm leaving here. It's now to a degree. I'm not saying this, that I, I was too good for Australian football. If I was too good for Australian football, I'd be in the national team right now. But I, I left in in the regard of me saying, okay, well, I've, I have gotten to almost the height of Australian football, be it Sydney FC, MacArthur Bulls, whatever, all the professional clubs in Australia, right? I've been at these clubs. The next step is Europe. And also, for me to just get better is in Europe. They've got the full-time teams. They've got the full-time coaching stuff. They've got all of that. They've got the facilities. They've got the lifestyle. And then also, there's things on top of that. What's better than Sydney FC in Australia? The national team? But if you play for Sydney FC, you play for the national team. So, it's there really isn't anything higher than the best that we've got here. And if I've already been at there then if I can I want to continue to prove that I have to go somewhere where there's the ceiling is even higher than what I have now. So that's my reasoning where we differ with Usain Bolt. He's using Australia to say he's immediately setting himself a standard of which he can't reflect on and set a baseline for. He doesn't know if he's good enough for Australian football, but immediately by him saying that, he's making it out as if, oh, yeah. I already tried it. I'm too good for it. Or I won't even try it because I am too good for it. Now, that's valid for him to maybe say if he's been a club such as Dortmund. If I had been a Dortmund and I w- <coughs> Australia, I'm never coming back. If I go to Dortmund, Australia, yeah, bye. But he also never signed there. He was on trial. And he got it because of Puma. After a year after I tried, I was like, you know what? Let's just move on from that. So yeah. I kind of just moved on. So I'm doing music now. Oh, really? Pretty- this response would anger me. <laughs> so that's funny. I mean, he's just trying everything at this point. But that's just... Yeah. Any Australian football fans and journalists. As the people... Well, I guess that's kind of me. But I think it's pretty valid for me to... I'm not angry at you, Bolt. You know, I gave him a high five when I saw him, right? But it's just... I'll go into the delusion part later. But let's just get through this part first who watched him would say things like he looked like a drunk giraffe on ice there's nothing wrong with australian quality he was atrocious and both quite simply didn't have basic ball skills and i would have to agree with australian fans because usain bolt came off as a bit delusional with his comments and interviews because him saying he- i think australians are aware that football in australia is not what it's like in europe so we're not we're not necessarily offended by usain bolt saying that Australian football isn't great. We're probably the first ones to tell you that. And also, that's actually a problem with Australian football, is that we do we do bash ourselves so much, which is a very Australian thing. We can't take compliments. We will always say a negative positive. How are you going? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Okay, well, I'm not great, but I'm not bad. What What is it, right? That's just a very Australian thing to do. But the reason why people were so angry with Usain Bolt is because He wasn't good enough, right? If I was to say that 
Well, I guess this is the extreme. This literally, I was going to give you an extreme analogy, but this is the extreme. Like, saying that you're, the, the environment that you're in was not good enough, That's and that's the problem, is just very egotistical or just very ignorant. Probably the combination. The ego probably made him ignorant. And that's why it was very disliked. And it's just the inability to self-reflect makes sense here. But, yeah. Didn't get a fair chance or the Australian Football League being too low of a level was just a flat-out lie. He got many opportunities throughout his career, infinitely more chances than any normal person would get. And he never managed to look like he belonged on the pitch and simply struggle against subpar competition. I mean, for crying out loud, he played against the Norwegian under-19. Just to start to introduce where I'm going to take this is that what he needed to do was he needed to immediately, as soon as he started playing football, detach his ego and all of his accomplishments outside of football and just get rid of everything. He had to start scratch because what he did is he actually took his ego from all of his success outside of the world, right? He's... Arguably, probably the most famous person in the world. I don't know if I could say that, but I'm pretty sure everyone would know him because we're talking about all continents. Olympics is global, obviously, but it's all continents, right? If you say Ronaldo is the most famous person in the world, now he's probably got India, a large chunk of Africa, a large chunk of North America, pretty much the whole of South America, you know, Australia, 100% he's got. But there's still parts of which are not, in terms of not 100%. So he covers a lot, but Usain Bolt probably covers every single continent. And that's because, wait, 100% checks off Africa. And it's it's everyone. So I think that Usain Bolt arguably could be one of the most famous people in the world. So when you do have that type of ego, and he rightfully should have an ego for running. He is the fastest athlete in the world. The fastest person in the world that we, of course, know of, right? Therefore, he, he can deserve that ego. He worked for that. But then having that ego and bringing that into a different thing, he could maybe have that ego in one aspect of his playing style where he's priding himself on his speed. That's fair. But that's one part of the game of which is so... It, it's useless with poor technique with poor control with all of these things it's completely useless so he needed to drop his ego and i'll go into why he kept it and where the delusion came from a little bit more made up of teenagers and even there he looked like he was levels below their level even with him being much stronger and faster than those kids so if he can't look like he belonged even against low competition in norwegian under 19 team then what makes him think that things would have gone different if he stayed in europe and played against better teams than the ones in australia and talking about fair chances he did get chances to sign for professional teams and play professional football but he turned both offers also from my understanding with mariners where was I at the time? I don't think I was playing football seriously at this time. Maybe I was. Maybe this was my first year. I can't remember. But regardless, I wasn't close with anyone at Mariners at the time. So I don't know what was, what it was like. But from what I heard, I didn't know that he got offered a contract. I heard that he got the $3 million 
as the marquee player, as we have in Australia, we have the $3 million player that we can give. No, I don't think he... No, I can't remember exactly now what what my thoughts were, but I didn't... This is saying that he got offered the 150 k so he got offered the pretty good contract for Australian football. That's, um... That's news to me. I think that, obviously, you'd take that. There's going to be a lot of different things here in terms of misinformation and, and what's true. I don't know. Uh... Also, what what I've heard and what I have heard, like what I haven't heard, sorry. This is going to all conflict, but we'll, we'll keep going. Down from Valletta and the Central Coast Mariners because he wanted more money. So if he really was dedicated and wanted to play professional football, he could have, but he chose not to. I could understand why he wants more money, honestly. Because for him, he still has the ego here. If he dropped the ego, then he'd take anything. I could understand why he wants the money because there's no investment from the club to want him. He feels like he's valuable. Now, he's not valuable in terms of, you know, the quality he brings on the pitch. He won't even be starting. He probably wouldn't even be in the match day squad. But in terms of getting bums on a seat, he'll get it. I don't know if that's worth millions, especially with uh, the Central Coast's, like... Even just the, um, how many people we have in the Central Coast, I don't know if that's enough to garner 3 million. Maybe if you include Sydney, that's enough to get people in, but it's, um, it's a lot of money for a very subpar player. So if we talk about his skills as a footballer, the biggest reason why people had interest in him playing football was his pace. But he wasn't even that fast as a footballer. And what I mean in that is that unless he had a huge room to run without the ball, he didn't look fast. Because if he had to dribble a ball with the, while a defender was on him, he couldn't utilize his Olympic level speed. His initial acceleration was also not that impressive as a footballer, which is a lot more important in football than just straight line speed like the 100 meter dash that Bolt excels in, and even in his races, his initial burst of acceleration is his weakest part of the game, and his speed comes into effect when he reaches his full stride, where he can utilize his long legs to outrun everybody. His height also didn't really benefit him because he was a very tall guy, but his agility really suffered because of that, and on the football pitch, that made him look really clunky and clumsy with the ball on his feet. But overall, I think Bolt was a bit delusional about his footballing ability and career, and that might have played into the fact of him not working as hard or taking the sport as serious because he believed he was better than he actually was. Nonetheless though, Usain Bolt will go down as one of the best athletes of this generation and his footballing journey would be like a crappy side quest that Bolt pursued kind of similar to Michael Jordan playing baseball. Okay, I'm gonna put that there because now we're gonna talk about the delusion. This is the interesting part that I thought about this. Now, I talk about delusion a lot, and I talk about why you need delusion. Now, Usain Bolt had delusion that he didn't earn. As I said to you before, Usain Bolt didn't drop the ego, right? What that does is when you have an ego, you, you believe that you deserve things. Exactly what Usain Bolt believed. Usain Bolt believed that he deserved a contract worth more than three million Australian dollars. Now, that means that he's bigger than the league, essentially, because that's that's the highest that you can get in Australia as a footballer is three million a year, and that's a marquee player. 
So Usain Bolt's immediately saying he's bigger than the league. So he's he's got this ego that he didn't drop. It's an undeserved ego in the career that he wants to now pursue. And he's now demanding what he believes he thinks he's owed or deserved. And he's delusional. Now, if, if he had earned, let's say, some delusion... He can only earn some delusion after putting in work for what he wants to go down. He hadn't put any work into becoming a professional footballer. He put in months of just trials with some of the best teams in the world. Okay, maybe Dortmund, and that's it. And then the um, team in Finland, that's not... They're a good side, but that's probably not enough to garner you. I mean, off that logic, I should be charging any team that signs me billions at this point. The amount of trials I've been on. Like, it doesn't add up. Now, again, I understand why Usain Bolt has that because he's tied his accomplishments outside of football inside because he thinks that they're correlated. They're completely dissociated. Pace helps, but if you've got the touch of a trampoline, like Andy Kerr said, it's useless. Now, the delusion... Is it good to have delusion in this situation? Should Usain Bolt have been delusional? Yes, he should have. He should have, because he had no real evidence to back it up. Now, where does that delusion come from? It doesn't come from running. It doesn't come from doing the things that he's done previously. The delusion should come from believing in all of the all of the skills that he learned from becoming... I don't know how he was when he was younger, but however he was in Jamaica when he was younger, from that kid to get to Usain Bolt now, all of those skills and all of that process that he went through, that is the delusion that Usain Bolt had when he was that age to when he, is, when he was the fastest man in the world. That process here, that same delusion he had from that young boy, that's that same delusion he should carry with him when he's starting football. It's not saying that I am the best, or I have done, I am the fastest person in the world. He may think that from here, but he's, he, and he may truly believe that he can become, or he is, but he hasn't backed it up. Now here he has, and he's got this ego. And this is very powerful. He's very entitled. And he, to a degree, can, he can do that. And he deserves it because he's done it. But having the delusion in football, where he's done nothing is stupid because he's still this kid back here. He's just 30 years on and doing a different thing. So he needs to carry that same innocent sense of delusion in the new endeavor. And that would be looking like, okay, you're admitting where you're weak. And if I was Usain Bolt, how I'd be framing it is I'd be saying, okay, I'm not a footballer. I've got attributes that can help me become a good footballer. I've done the most, you know, impossible thing in the world, pretty much, in terms of there's 8 billion people, and every single one of them has the ability to do what I've done. In fact, it's a, it's a, necessi it's a necessity to actually do what I'm doing, and I've become the best at it. Running, right? It's a necessity for humans to be able to run. You have to be able to run. And, and I mean that from a survival um, perspective. Usain Bolt was the best at doing everything of which us humans, the reason why we are humans and the reason why we're at the top of the, the 
the food chain is because we can run. Yeah, that's a very um scientific way of looking at it. But if you do the research, the reason why we are able to, you know, outrun certain uh, animals is because we have perspiration. We breathe out of our mouths when we get tired. We breathe out of our noses in the first stages and we can get more air and regulate. And, and Usain Bolt's the best at that. The best out of 8, mil, 8 billion people. That's crazy, right? That same delusion, that same innocence, innocent delusion that he had and that he knew, okay, I can work my way up and I'm going to become the fastest man in the, in the world. And he works his way up. He works his way up. Now, also, the thing about running is that it's a very confrontational sport where if you are 11 seconds, you know that you're not the fastest in the world. If you're at 9.58 seconds, you do know you are. So even if Usain Bolt's at 10 seconds, he probably isn't believing that he is the fastest man in the world. He's probably believing that he can be, can become the fastest man in the world. So that belief, I can become the fastest man in the world. If I'm Usain Bolt, I would say I can become the best footballer in the world because I have done the impossible once. I can do it again. The work that I put in then, all I need to do is put that in now and I will become the best footballer in the world. That's that type of delusion that Usain Bolt should have. The delusion that Usain Bolt had was I am the best runner in the world. I am the fastest man in the world. Therefore, I can become the best footballer in the world. Do you see what he's done? The result he got in 9.58 seconds is the same level of delusion that he's carrying in to a football career that he's only spent two months in. So his delusion is coming from literally two months and 9.58 seconds. So where does that add up? Would it be the past... 24 years of your life, that type of delusion that you've you've earned and you've worked for? Or should it be the past two months where you got 9.58 seconds and then just became a footballer because of it? That delusion, let's say you get a setback. You, the coach tells you you're bad. And your reaction, what's that? If I'm Usain Bolt at Dortmund and I've got that same mindset as he has and the coach tells me I'm bad, what do I think? No, I'm not bad because I'm the fastest player in the world. Sorry, the fastest man in the world. That's what Usain Bolt would instinctively go to. Because he's thinking, what can they attack? Well, I he he may think he's got some footballing ability and he to a degree like has okay football ability for um a baby. Okay, that was a bit harsh. For for an absolute amateur. He can hit a ball. You can go to any park in the world and you can find a kid who hits a ball like him. But he's definitely not, you know, he's definitely kicked the ball before at least. Anyways, I get told I'm not good by a coach. The only layer of protection Usain Bolt has got and the only layer of security he's got is that I'm the fastest man in the world. Therefore, that's his only line of defense. As soon as he hears that, he'll be thinking, nah, I'm, I'm the fastest person in the world. Who, who are you to tell me that? So immediately he's defending through just a title. Now a title is, you can crack it very easily because all of the work you've done to get you that title and that title that you've deserved, if you're just basing it off the title, then you're setting yourself up for failure because you're then priding yourself on something that's literally made up. Like, what if 
the fastest man in the world was judged by 200 meters or 99 meters and Usain Bolt only just won the last one meter then the person who actually was the fastest at 99 meters that's now Usain Bolt's whole life in terms of that's gone he's now not Usain Bolt the other guy is who beat him at the 99 meter now that's made up but what I mean by that is that the title that he has is completely superficial it it's a title okay it's it could have changed and it could be the 50 meter sprint and that's the fastest man in the world and new sambol wouldn't have that that would be someone else's title right it's just that we attached value to this and it was seen as very valuable therefore usain bolt is seen as a very valuable person and every person in that race is valuable but usain bolt was the most valuable because what we set out in front of him he achieved and no one else could was it the hardest thing to do maybe i don't know there's maybe 50 meters i don't know if that's harder maybe Maybe 10 kilometers, that's harder. Iliad Kipchoge or whatever. Maybe he should have the same notoriety as Usain Bolt. Maybe he does. No, actually he probably wouldn't. But still. Let's go to that the Borussia Dortmund coach. Now let's flip the narrative so that Usain Bolt had the perspective that I laid out in front. Where, okay, I am the fastest man on the planet. I'm not a footballer. I've got attributes that can make me a good footballer. And the Borussia Dortmund coach says, horrible player, can't kick a ball to save his life, got touched with a trampoline, and his uh, attitude sucks. Now, what I would say to that, if I had that new perspective of Usain Bolt, firstly, if I got told my attitude sucks, either the coach doesn't know me well enough, or it does. Now, in Usain Bolt's case, I think his attitude did suck. But in my hypothetical situation, his attitude shouldn't suck because he's got my new perspective, which should humble him ultimately. And that is, okay, well, I know that my attitude's good because I've done it before and my attitude was good ever since I was a young kid. So the coach probably just doesn't well know me well enough, okay? I've been with him one session. So it's an unfair judgment of character. But that's, that's fine. Okay, I suck at football, I can't kick a ball to save my life, and I've got the touch of a donkey, or a trampoline, whatever. Trampoline's probably a little bit better than a donkey, but... Um, what do I, what would I say to that? I'm Usain Bolt. I'd be thinking, okay, it's a bit harsh. He's probably trying to do, you know, a little bit for media, trying to be funny, trying to bash me a little bit, which is always fun to do. I can't lie, you know? Um... But I'm Usain Bolt and I'm thinking about that. Immediate reflection is, okay, it's a bit harsh, but maybe he's saying some truthful stuff. I, I don't look like the rest when I kick a ball. I have the touch of a trampoline or like my touch isn't great. Okay, I'll take that feedback, but I'm at a high level. I'm at probably the highest level in the world right now, so they're going to be extra critical. Uh, I'm at a high standard. I've compared to a very, a very high standard. A piece of poo looks very, very disgusting next to uh, a diamond, but next to a rock, it doesn't look too dissimilar. So, wow, that was really harsh. Anyways, that was not a bad analogy, but I would then say Usain Bolt, as Usain Bolt, 
it's harsh. There's a degree of truth, but I'm also being compared to a diamond and I'm a poo. So what happens now? Okay. Well, I know that that same attitude that I took when I was younger. So this ego that I have from going from nothing to the fastest man in the world, I can have an ego because I've done the impossible. So I can still have that same belief and ego that I can do the impossible again. And sure, I'm bad now. Or sure, I'm not great now. Sure, I have a poor touch. Sure, I'm not able to kick a ball properly. But you know what? If anyone was going to flip this narrative around and have a good touch, have a good pass, be able to kick a ball properly. If anyone was able to flip that narrative around, it would be the kid who wasn't the fastest kid in the world who then became the fastest kid in the world. Now, of course, there's not going to be a kid who's the fastest kid in the world. But in terms of being where he was and where he is now, that ego that he should have from that process should allow him to say, I'm not where I want to be now, but I know that how I work, I know that I've done it before. I've done harder things before. I know that I can take that same perspective because I'm Usain Bolt. I've done it. I've got, I've got the right team around me. I've got the right facilities. I've got the right sponsors. I've got the right gear. I've got the right training grounds. Everything. I've got the right attitude. I can do it because I've done it in harder situations. I'm in a better spot. The best spot I've ever been in my life to do this, I can do it right now because I've done harder and I've done better. I can do this. And what that happens is over time, one, the incentive is so far away, but he starts to see fruit because he sees the incentive getting closer and closer and closer and closer. He'll start to find competence. He'll start to find enjoyment. He'll start to find fulfillment. This will lead him to get better, better and better. And he will then start to reiterate that narrative that he's been playing into his head the whole time of, when I was a kid, this same attitude that I had getting better every single day, becoming the fastest man on the earth, I'm taking with me in my football career. And I'm seeing the same thing here happen in my football career. Therefore, I'm getting closer and closer. And that belief that he has around his football, then, sorry, around his earlier life with running, then starts to happen around his football. And when he starts to see results, it, start compa- it starts compounding really, really positively for him. So he actually could have became a really, really great player because that narrative is getting fed by results and he knows that narrative's worked before. So it's getting fed and fed and fed and it's getting accentuated and propelled really, really quickly. And that's where it really could have worked for him. Now, there's a few other factors, his age um, and things like that, that could have hindered his growth rate. But regardless, because of his attitude in previous times and because of his physicality and coordination that he has due to his previous successes he had a really good opportunity to become a somewhat okay football player i'll give him that so to reiterate what he should have done is dropped the ego and taken the ego that he deserved not through a title that is superficial but a title sorry but priding himself on the process taking the lessons and the the deserved ego and belief that he got from when he started out to become the fastest man in the world, that there is what he should have taken into his football career and translated into playing football with that beautiful ignorance and 
it's that beautiful delusional ignorance. But you you have results. You've done it in a different area. Therefore, you can have a, a degree of delusion to say, okay, I, I know I can become the best because it's actually he can't because he's done the harder things. Now, there's a few things, as I mentioned, in terms of age and other things uh, stopping him from becoming the best footballer in the world. But becoming somewhat good at football, he could do. Is it worth him sacrificing everything in the world to do so? Maybe not. Maybe it's, you know, maybe he only wanted to become an okay footballer. I don't know, whatever it was. But there has to be a high degree of sacrifice in terms of ego, in terms of financials. He's going to have to start low. I mean, that $150,000 contract that Central Christ Marriott has offered him, I haven't made a cent from football. And I've been playing football for six years now. And it's, I've been dedicated to it my whole, my whole time. I have not made one cent of football. And Usain Bolt is expecting in the first three months of him playing, he's going to earn 150000 That's ridiculous, right? So he's going to have to start low. And he's going to have to progress his way. Now, he can progress his way much faster than me. But, and I would be okay with that as well. But he, that's where he went wrong. He didn't disassociate his ego from the running and the football. He, he just should have ditched it. Now, I don't. I understand why he probably didn't because that takes a lot of self-awareness to actually drop the ego. Now, as I mentioned, he deserves to have that ego, but he doesn't deserve to have the 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 delusion not to drop it. That's the thing. You can have an ego if you're self-aware of where it came from. He's probably not self-aware of where it came from. And a lot of the interviews he had, even with Unisport at the end there, <coughs> with Soccer Aid, when he's talking about how, like, oh, now I'm going to go into music. Like, these are just specific things that you can see. A lack of self-awareness there, where he's just trying to find something where he's going to just slip into right away. As if it's, I'm the fastest man in the world, I can do anything. Because he's the fastest man in the world, he can't do anything, sure, but he's going to have to work for it like everyone else. You don't just get given things like a handout. And maybe he's used to handouts now because he is the fastest man in the world. I'm sure he got... Mm, I'd give him I'd give him handouts, you know, because he's Usain Bolt. I'd give him handouts. He probably expects handouts now, which is completely fair. But in, in the hyper-competitive world, there are no handouts. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world, and you have to work for it. And he was expecting these handouts, but... That was a complete over-analysis of Usain Bolt and probably Usain Bolt if you're watching because I feel like he's probably the type of guy to search his name up. Um, again, I'm, I'm saying all these things as if I know Usain Bolt. I don't know Usain Bolt, so I could be completely wrong here. But if he is the type of guy to, to type his name up and watch the Sculptor podcast, firstly, I'd say... um. Hop on the episode again. I see. I'm doing. I'm. I'm feeding into, feeding his ego here. But you would too. So relax. Um. Yeah. Hop on. I'd like to speak to you. Um. And then secondly. I. I think it's. Drop the ego, and gain that self awareness, to. Take pride, in. Not the title, because if it was the 50-meter race, you wouldn't be as famous as you are today. If it was the 99-meter race, maybe, I don't know, whoever, 
if there was someone who was faster than him at the 99th meter and they beat him, then they would be the the fastest human being in the world, right? Like that title means nothing. It's a very impressive title in terms of being the fastest man on the planet Earth. That's a very impressive title, but it's only for a hundred meters, right? So it's it's superficial. It's it's literally just a modern day thing. So it's don't take pride in that because that can be easily destroyed. And you don't when you get knocked down, you've got nothing to fall on, right? If I get knocked down because of my work ethic or because of my footballing skills, I know that I can fall on my professionalism, dedication, effort, my my playing style, my attacking, my leadership, my calculations, all of these different things, I know I can fall back on them because as soon as someone offends me, or sorry, they um, attack me for things outside of those three things of which I pride myself on, I immediately know that they just don't know me well enough. And when Usain Bolt prides himself on one thing of which is superficial and has nothing to do with him as a human being, then immediately he's just taking personal shots, personal shots every single time. And that's why I think he quit, because he's just taking all these personal shots. So, you say, Bob, if you want to talk about it with me, you know, you know the Central Coast. I'll give you my address, and you can come sit down across the table, and we can have a good old chat about self awareness. We can do some reflection. You know, Tommy, you say, Bolt and Nick, and we can talk about his football career. We can do a few sessions if you like, and um, yeah, I mean. As I said, it's a bit of an over-analysis. But I did find it very interesting about you, Sam Bolt. So, anyways, guys. I hope that that was somewhat insightful. And I'll catch you on the next episode.